Do we need to like, can we just like talk softer so people over there can't hear us or do we need to like... I don't know. We're in a park right now. Yeah. This is JJ and Michael from Michael and the Bear. Yo, everybody. How you doing? It's a beautiful day where like, where there's a sunset behind me. Beautiful, quote like, unquote. It was like 110 degrees today in Los Angeles, so we decided to come outside because we both live in 100-year-old places that have zero insulation and are hot as balls. Yeah. So... But it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, we're here nice. to talk about the world of of cryptocurrency yeah. and blockchain. <laughs> Welcome. And all, and all our tokenized assets. So first off, we wanted to talk about uh, crypto evangelists and how, like, I personally feel like I have to be one. And JJ was talking about how he was with his dad and he has to be one too um, because we were both uh, back near family for fourth of july and with the holidays you know looming um i know a lot of people in the past year have been forced to talk to (laughs) their parents or their friends about cryptocurrency and they just look at you with a blank face and you're like they think you're in some kind of ponzi scheme or they think you're like stuck in some kind of uh cult or something and so yeah, how Excellent. do you talk to your friends and family about crypto uh, that don't know anything about it? Yeah, that, that is something that I feel like last year. Okay, so so if you if you weren't if you weren't if you weren't on the scene if you weren't invested if you weren't paying attention, you know, obviously we had kind of a bubble burst. We 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 saw the price of Bitcoin go all the way to nineteen, almost twenty thousand, twenty thousands at some exchanges. Um, and and it for a while it seemed like we were reaching new paradigm status and there was a lot of buzz going around it was like okay well it's it's our duty to tell the rest of the world about bitcoin <laughs> and like and and we thought we thought okay well we're going to be the ones to introduce it to our families thank thank goodness our families have us because we're going <laughs> to we're going to save them <laughs> and uh and yeah, I remember there were like certain certain podcasts and uh, certain certain shows where people were saying like, okay, well, here's what you do when you gotta introduce introduce your family to it. You know, make sure you show them Coinbase or make make sure you, you GDAX know, and yeah. avoid fees and this and that and yeah. So that was kind of a theme of, of last uh, last winter. And um, so what I noticed is. For Thanksgiving, I went to my uncle's house and 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 I was evangelizing about it. And my, his his son, my cousin, went out and bought three Ethereum. And back then, it was I think it was three hundred bucks. So he spent nine hundred dollars. And come January, he's like, "Holy shit, dude! I, you know, great great investment advice," because mm-hmm. he bought it at Thanksgiving. But if he had bought it at Christmas, it wouldn't be the best advice because. I think on the 25th is when it kind of peaked um, and he would have probably lost a lot of money. So, and I know a lot of people were kind of getting the hype over the holidays and they lost a ton of money. And so I think I'd be interested to hear what people think is if, if they're nervous about talking about it because of that, I know I'm a little hesitant because I don't want to have somebody lose a bunch of money because of my quote unquote excitement or interest in in crypto i don't think anyone 
You know, I don't think I took... I don't think anybody lost money that I told. Or if they did... I mean, I didn't hear from them, so... <laughs> I, I remember last summer, around August, I think it was last summer, it was it was, it was pre-China FUD, post-Bitcoin cash. So this is how I see the world these days. Um, I remember helping my dad move, and I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I I'm, I'm think I'm going to buy some more Bitcoin, because I, I had owned some back then, but like that was after the kind of summer bubble. And I remember him think him him telling me like, well, what happens if you just you know turn on your computer and it's all gone? <laughs> that's, that's what he said. And um, and I I tried to you know I st- stopped and was like, well, no, that's not how Bitcoin works. And I was just hanging out with him on Thursday, and he and he asked me. He was like, so so what is up with cryptocurrency? You're you're interested. You're into that, right? You're involved with that. You have something to do with cryptocurrency, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, and so I got to explain it to him from another perspective where he was a little more interested in what I was doing. But who knows, you know, it's like, yeah. I, we, were, we were talking about something about, um, we're both artists and we were talking about how the union work in commercials and in the old Hollywood is starting to evaporate because of online stuff, YouTube, this, that, Hulu. Um, and and it's not, you know, unions might not be a thing. There may not be a need because the Internet is so decentralized. But if that changes, there might be a need for a union. But we're talking about tipping points. And I think that, you know, we're, we're starting to come to another tipping point again where people are starting. We've, we've reached the bottom for so long now. We've, we've, I mean, we've consistently bounced off this 56, 57, 5800 number so many times now that I think people are starting to get a little more interest in it. And I'm wondering if we're getting that tipping point again where people are starting to ask questions about it again. Whereas I think over the last f- couple months, people were like, oh, that's a scam. It's you know, dropped 60%. I saw it on CNBC and, you know, this is a big Ponzi scheme and blah, blah. And, and so I think now the energies is a little more positive Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I really, I <laughs> here really comes, don't Here know comes the I, bear. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like anything that might seem positive right now is probably short-lived because no one really knows if we're at the bottom, of course. Like, um, it seems like every two weeks we have, like, the, the people that I follow in crypto get excited and they get bullish again and then everything kind of quickly quickly drops but i don't you know it's really hard to say one thing that i think we can agree on is that the people who are still around the people tweeting every day the people who are uh you know making content the people who are who are who are creating new projects who are who are doing acos like a lot of these people are they're, they're like we've talked about this before on the show but these are the people that are genuinely interested yeah. If they're not genuinely interested in the technology, then they're interested in trading. They actually think that, that something's going to come of this. And maybe the, the, there are people like us who are just like, you know, we're, we're invested, so we're here to, we're here to stay. <laughs> um, but, but, like, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's been a tipping point yet. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen until we see, like, a lot of money coming back in. I, and I don't know if it's going to be this year. I mean, it doesn't really seem like it will be. 
I, I mean, I hope I hope it is. I hope there's that interest right away. We know that the industry is here. We know that the the businesses that have been created they're still around. Some of them might be having a hard time right now. Some of those like small cap coins and some of those tokens are probably struggling to make ends meet. But uh, yeah. well, and let's be clear: a tipping point is when we stop dropping, not when we start having a huge bull run. Mm-hmm. The tipping point is when people stop selling, and we stop dropping anymore. We did not. Well, like when I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time, like there was real interest that picked up around Bitcoin, and I think it was, you know, last January, last February. That was when I remember, you know, Andreas. A lot of his talks were going around. Like people were listening to them. People on on uh, on 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 YouTube and stuff talking about it more. Like uh, Tone Vase, his show is kind of picking up in volume. Uh, um, yeah, Roger Ver was talking a lot, and it was. Oh my God! Don't bring him up, dude. Man, that guy has <laughs> done so much for for Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin would not be where it is today if it weren't for that guy. And no, I don't like what he's doing. I don't like how he's marketing his his coin. But um, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Uh, anyway, my point was is that. I just like we, trolling. I just like talking we, shit. That the the way that that happens, that every there, so much depends on the market cycles of Bitcoin. So, last time we saw Bitcoin start to pick up, it was right after kind of a mini crash, like last, not this December, not the last December, but the 2016 December. We had a mini crash right there. Uh, we had a crash in 2017. Like in June or something like yeah. that, like and June or, or August. Right, and so, yeah. So I mean, it's it's possible, but we <clears throat> didn't get that interest in March after our bigger crash. No. So it's probably going to be a little bit longer before people are going to start to really pay attention, and it'll probably need some other catalyst. Like I like to think that it doesn't really need a catalyst; it just needs people buying, and that's enough. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it does take some big personality or some. Maybe Oprah does need to like come out well, and I say, mean, "I'm like, buying Bitcoin." Look, here's the thing: the re- the reality is, slow organic growth is the most stable growth. <laughs> well, there's nothing really organic about Bitcoin's growth. No, I no. It it was organic from zero to two thousand, more or less. But yeah, from maybe. two thousand to twenty thousand, was not organic at all. It was just all hype. And so that's the thing. Like when it crashed, it wasn't crashing to subatomic levels it was crashing to the basis where it was in roughly june yeah and and it and if it continues that slow organic growth so for me june where it was twenty four hundred dollars to now which is sixty eight hundred dollars today i think that's a pretty stand like a pretty decent decent growth at an organic rate that if you invested in june you've almost tripled your your money yeah, absolutely. And, no, that's, and that's pretty solid returns. Thirty like three hundred percent return on a one year investment is fucking unbelievable. No, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing. So the fact that there are so many people whining about their lost money, I mean that's just any market cycle. Look at the stock market. Look yeah. at look at look at look at real estate. Man, our our real estate is such a mess, man. We had, we just I felt like I felt like a 2008 crash was just a couple years ago. Yeah. And we're about to have another one. London is already going through it right now. Yeah. I, I think the London housing market is officially on its way down. Um, but, yeah. Fingers crossed LA and New York are next. Well, so, I guess San Francisco first. We need that because that's a, that's a shit show. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. 
So the question is, is uh, when the time comes, how are you going to, how are you going to help people? How are you going to help bring people into crypto? And the reason it's important to start thinking about this stuff now is because, man, when when Bitcoin starts to take off and we see 25, 30,000, it's going to be so hard to keep things in perspective. Yeah. And I tell this to people who are into trading because I, I, I enjoy trading. I, I like to do it. I'm not doing it right now. God, that would be crazy. But um, what I what I tell people who are interested in learning, it's like, well, learn now and learn trading with very very little amounts or learn paper trading because the habits that you pick up now when the volatility is is barely there these are the habits that you're going to rely on when there's that euphoria when people are going crazy thinking oh this is the new paradigm everything's going to change so you really have to think about how you're going to be an evangelist because we have no idea what it's going to be like when bitcoin hits a hundred thousand dollars or whatever yeah like we're not going to have the time to get together and say, okay, well, here's the plan. Here's what you should say to your family and friends. It's just going to be a blitz. Or find a really good group that you trust. Like me and JJ, I, I brought JJ into a Facebook group uh, I, I was in, I'm in. And one of the, the main guys is just great head on his shoulders. And every once in a while, he'll, he'll just, you know, he'll bring everybody back down to earth and be like, hey, just remember, every time you do a trade, put in a stop loss. Stop taking emotion out of it or constantly take emotion out of it. No matter what, always do a stop loss. Put it in place as soon as you make the trade. And that's just like that gentle reminder of this is a business. This is how people make money. They don't care about your your feelings about IOTA or Nano or about any of this stuff. They're actually making shorts based on your feelings because they know you're going to you're going to trade irrationally because of your fanboydom or fangirldom like this is like if you treat it like the android versus uh, versus ios fan wars that happened for so many years they're going to manipulate the market based on that because they know that you're weak but if you take emotion out of it and you start you know putting these stop losses ahead of time you're always going to you're always going to cover your ass cuz a 5% loss is no big deal a 30% loss is a pretty big deal a 78% loss like which I'm down in a couple of them cuz I didn't learn in time that's a big fucking loss and I got to hope it goes back up but you learn from that you learn and you and you put in a 5% stop loss or a 10% stop loss yeah, so it just doesn't happen again and since we're talking about trading we might as well go into it and what one of the, the one of the like practical things that you can learn now, one of the habits that you can get get into is, like Michael says, take emotion out of it. But even more than that, think of it as a, think of it as you know risk management it is as risk to reward. When you're trading, you're basically taking bets. You don't know whether it's going to go up or down, even if the chart tells you it's going to go up or down. What you're doing, you're taking educated bets, and you're losing probably more than you're winning you can if you're trading and you're trading well you're probably losing 50 60 70 80 percent of the time but it's always that one trade that you take that gives you a hundred percent return yeah and because every time you every time you lose every time that every time the coin hits your stop loss every time the the chart hits your stop loss you'll lose five percent or maybe three percent or ten percent or whatever you can do that five times and if you get 100% re- return on one trade, then you're still in profit. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what Michael's talking about with stop losses. And a stop loss is just to keep you from 
keep you from losing more more money. And I know a lot of traders are thinking, well, these algorithms algorithms are written to actually pop your stop losses. They, yeah. they they're meant to do that. Well, yeah, they are. But what the alternative is to wait until you're down twenty percent or thirty percent and hope that uh, you're going to get a bounce. I just don't think that's an intelligent way to do it. I don't think that's even if you take emotions out of it and you think, well, eventually Cardano will come back up or whatever. Like, it's just a it's a better habit to think, okay, I lost this one, I lost this one, I lost this one, I won one. Awesome. I'm gonna protect this now. Exactly. So you, when it comes to trading and and investing, you do want to protect and preserve your capital. That's and, what it's all about. And, you know, a lot of people are like, uh, don't forget to take some uh, profits along the way up. And so if you're investing in something for a 10-year gain, don't take profits. Just leave it in there, 10-year gain. But if you're trading, don't forget to take a 10, you know, uh, you know when you hit 50% profit or 30% profit, skim off 25%, 15, 20, 25%, and put that into Bitcoin and start stacking up your Bitcoin. Uh, it. I feel a little. I feel a little silly talking about this right now because I feel. I, I think that I honestly think that most people who are trading Bitcoin right now or trading crypto at all right now, are pro- have probably been doing it for the past eight months, or I mean, people who have been trying to trade their way back to flush. Yeah. And that's really really hard to do if you're trading, if you're trading long in a bear market. But I think it's a good th- a good idea to talk about it now because I feel like. Yeah. I feel like we're almost to a bull. I, I just, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, this is like one of those things like my, my knee is twitching and I feel like it's going to mm-hmm. rain type thing. But I, I just have a sense. Feel it in my bones. I feel it. I, 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 it could be next month. It could be six months from now. But like there's, there's, yeah. an, there's an energy in the group. I feel like I felt that like a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we did get a little tiny altcoin cycle going. But yeah, I mean, I know that I personally, I, I just, I don't want to trade. I mean, that's like, what well, that's a, that's, I think for me, I'm not a trader, and sometimes I'll think, oh, well, I'll trade my way out of this situation, and that's where I end up losing money. Well, I'm not talking about it from trading. I'm talking about it from... Okay, so here's the thing. So I got... An, I got. I posted something, and somebody on Facebook in the group, and one of the guys was uh, said, well, what if what if it's Bcash or Ripple? And I said, you know what? Fuck those. And I said, well, I'm kidding. Honestly, if those two take over, and those two become number one and two... Of course I'm going to put in there because my goal at the end of the day is to invest and make money. If the tech is there, Bcash and Ripple will expand the tech if they're number one and two. In some way, they're going to expand the tech. And then I'll put money in some of the smaller ones and some of my, you know, in my David versus Goliath ones um, because I want want decentralization to win out. I want democracy to win out but at the end of the day why would you put something in in why would you put your money in something you know isn't winning or isn't gonna win if i know these things you know it's like when google took over search sure you can keep all your money and ask jeeves because you have a feeling about or you're rooting for the underdog but that's fucking stupid when it's your when you're putting your savings account when you're putting your 401k money when you're treating it like a, a retirement account you want to put it in stuff that's actually winning so that's the other thing is like, to me, I'm, I, I may still talk shit about IOTA. I may still talk shit about Ripple and all that. But yeah, at the end of the emotional. day, <laughs> if they're winning, I'm going to put a little bit of money in there just to, just to cover my ass, just to like take some profits, just to do something. 
So, so, tr- so tr- when it comes to trading, uh, you know, most traders are in it for the money, and that's totally that's totally cool. You can make a lot of money trading crypto. It's very volatile, but you know, we do talk a lot of trash about certain projects, and we do talk about how we love some some projects, and that's just kind of our that you know that's just us being fans of of certain pro- of certain a certain technologies and what they're doing to change the world. But if you're trying to make money. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, really, like, if I were just trying to make money in crypto, I'd have no problem investing in Ripple. I know it's going to make a lot of money. If you just want to make money, fine, put your money in, in, in Bitcoin Cash and, and Ripple. I think Bitcoin Cash has, a, has, a, has real potential to make a lot of money, um, especially in, like, during times when Bitcoin does not look so healthy. But anyway... Let's let's talk about something else. This trading stuff. No, nobody's <laughs> trading successfully right now. Nobody is trading successfully because we're, we're we're getting only one or two percent swings in volatility, and that's just not enough to unless actually you capitalize. In, on. Unless you invested in Loom today and they got like a thirty percent bounce, but oh, who? But nobody's trading that. Nobody's like looking at it and be like, oh my god, yeah. Like nobody's buying into it yesterday because no, they know they're going to get a thirty percent bounce FOMO. today. Yeah. And so it's like, so you know, that's manipulation right there. Well, we had like what we. Had like a four hundred percent spike in Bitcoin today, earlier today, right? Four hundred dollar. Four hundred, yeah, four hundred dollar <laughs> spike in Bitcoin, yeah. and that that's enough to swing some some altcoins for sure. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean we're we're at the so if you look at any market cycle, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter what ETF you're looking at, they all do the same thing. It doesn't matter whether you're looking gold or silver or oil, you get the same pattern which is you get you get a breakout and you get a breakdown and you get a flat line it's really easy to see even if you don't know how to read a chart or a graph and right now we are very very obviously at the flat line which is really nice to see if you know if you're a if you're a perma bull and uh and you're like us and you know that bitcoin is going to be worth something more in the future because we're there i mean we could have another year or two of flat line yeah but when people say bitcoin is flatlining uh, and people say that like, oh, it's flatlining. There's no more life left in it. No, anybody who's been around Bitcoin for the last year or two or three or four knows that flatline is like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. We want the flatline because you know what comes after flatline? Breakout. Yeah. So we're waiting for that. Yeah. And and, and the thing about, you got to remember about Bitcoin is if it drops down to 5,000, that's still only like a 3% loss. Oh, I know. People, it's nothing. I, it's I nothing. Know. I've heard, I see people on Twitter and Facebook all the time saying, oh, I'm not sure if I should th- put my fiat in now or if I should wait for, you know, 5,000 or 4,000. I'm thinking like, God, man, anything under 10,000 and you're going to look back and think, oh, yeah. 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 That's great. I mean, I was buying, I, I mean, I, I haven't bought any Bitcoin for a while, but I was buying at 8,000 and 7,000. Yeah, I bought, I, a, I bought, I've put in a lot of money under 10,000. I just, I ran out of money to put into I know, it. I'd be I'm buying so more right bummed. now. I wish I waited longer, yeah. but you know, it's like you, you put it in and you, and you think long term, you don't think short term. So the reason we're not in a studio today, we're out in the park. Yeah, we live here yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> at least until 20,000. That's, that's our tent right there. <laughs> All right. So what else do we have on the agenda? So I have, uh, you know, we're both artists and I'm, I do some producing and I had a great idea for a crypto movie, a futuristic crypto movie. 
and I threw it threw out into the into the <laughs> into the I'll Facebook the group. Music. I said, "Hey guys, what's a great? Uh, are there any are there crowdfunding um, platforms yet in crypto?" And they're all like, "Oh, just use just use you know Kickstarter this and that." I'm like, "This is like a, a ten to twenty million dollar project. This is this isn't a Kickstarter project. People don't invest that kind of money, or people. It's, that's the thing. It's not even investing. They don't donate that kind of money." for a project that has no but like no IP so it's not like Veronica Mars doing a new movie or something like that or Super Troopers 2 that already has a fan base um, this is brand new IP it's just a story people aren't usually putting in that kind of money so JJ and I you know started kind of bouncing the idea back and forth in the group um, <clears throat> about creating some kind of new crowd and it can't be crowdfunding but we're using like a security token or something like that or even just an ICO where people can invest in the movie and then maybe get buybacks if the movie is successful just like you know a product has a successful launch and the price goes up well if the movie does really well the token price goes up and and with the profits we would buy back those tokens at an increase so it would have to be I guess an SEO a security token yeah. if it w- you know if you're if you're talking about profits so, so yeah so when michael first mentioned this on facebook i responded i don't remember exactly what i said but i was actually kind of joking when i said yeah why don't you just you know you know f- make it make a token to fundraise the film i was like li- <laughs> and michael was like what would the token actually be used for and i said buy popcorn or something stupid <laughs> like that and and the thing is is that uh, uh, michael was taking me seriously and when he started taking me seriously that's when I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Like, the reason that the SEC needs to step in now and start asking the question of what actually is a security, what is expected, uh, what is expected when you invest in, in a token is because, because it's so easy to buy crypto, because it's so easy to invest in cryptocurrency, without even knowing what it does, with just hearing that it does something cool or that it can make you a lot of money, this could, in my opinion, change all fundraising forever. Because up to this point, we haven't really had a way for the average person to fundraise besides charities, besides word of mouth fundraisers, and Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Kickstarter was very revolutionary and it was also it was also very disruptive. It was something that came in and said, like, you don't need a major record label to fund your record. Now we can do it by just asking all your friends and all your friends of friends. Exactly. Um, or you don't need to have investors to build that, you know, stadium or build or, or to, to make that film happen or to, to do all of these things. Like, you don't even need a bunch of people to, you know, you don't need a bunch of your family members to pitch in on a gift. We'll ask the entire world. Yeah. And yeah. we'll we'll get that, you know, that kid in the hospital to Disneyland or whatever he wants to do. Because like, right now to invest in a movie, you have to be an accredited investor. And that's bullshit. I it, don't I I think that the reason that they have these laws for accredited investors is because because the people who made those laws don't want people investing and they think they also they justify it by saying well people who don't have the money don't know how to use money and that's really offensive to me that's not 100% true so in filmmaking okay. a lot of mafia and, and gangsters were in, were taking their 
illicit gains, putting it into a movie and kind of laundering the money that way. Uh-huh. So it was kind of it was kind of like just to know who it is, but also to protect some people from being taken advantage of by Hollywood producers and say, hey, I'm going to make this big movie and they just walk away with your but million that, dollars. That is saying those people who are not, don't have experience investing, those people who don't have as much money, they're going to get taken advantage of because sure. they don't know yeah. how to use their money. Yeah. And that's what's offensive to me. It's, it's yeah. a government saying, saying, oh, you're not, you're not very good with, with your money. That's obvious because you have so little of it. Yeah. So we're going to tell you what you can and can't do. And if they instead just just had proper regulation in place for the company that was asking for the money and they and they had a watchdog on those companies versus just putting a, a paywall against small time investors and said, instead of us doing our due diligence on making sure this company's legit, we're just not going to let you invest in it at all. Yeah. And, and that's that's just lazy, first off. And so so when when Kickstarter came along, all of a sudden it was a way for the average person to invest in a project or invest in whatever. It's not investing, though. It's, it's donating. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. It's, it's a way to fund, I should say fundraise a project. And the reason that it's legal is because there's no expectation that there's going to be a return. Now, there's actually kind of a gray area or a fine line or whatever the metaphor is where okay now when you invest when you invest when you when you fund when you go into kickstarter and you pay two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars to be a part of this project well each one of those tiers gives you something in return yeah so are you going to get you know the 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 blu-ray version of it are you going to get the signed blu-ray are you going to get blu-ray with the poster you know all these things they do give you an expectation of some kind of return on your donation so they can't offer you money in return, but they can exactly. offer you special stuff. They can exactly. offer you access. They can offer you, um, they can offer you all, what, all kinds of things, but they're not allowed to say, okay, well, if you, if you donate this amount of money and the film is successful, well, then we'll give you this much money back. That's illegal. But that's, that's the fine line for me. It's like, okay, well, if the government can't really enforce this stuff because it's happening like crazy, I mean, think about the history of investing in projects. The history of, the history of giving your money to somebody so that they can build something and they'll pay you back in the future. I mean, it's kind of a history of letting people borrow money. Yeah. It's like, or lending, or, I mean, we, we have crazy lending laws in this country. We have some of the worst lending laws. And yet, like, now this thing is coming along. Now crypto is coming along and saying, like, yeah, you know, you can just click. You can just click a button and you can support this project. Yeah. And you can you you and it can be public. You can publicly support it. And if the project does well, they'll give you money in the future. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that. But see, I don't think we need to even say give you money in the future. We just say we'll do a buyback. If you would like us to buy back your tokens, we'll do that at at, yeah, at a profit if we make money cool. off of it. Like so, in my mind, you have it run on EOS, you have it run on Tron, you have it run on Ethereum, something like that. You create a token, a security token, and they just and they they buy the security token, and that's the funding. Like if you like that project. Or maybe you have a, a new DAP for each movie or for each project, and that way each one is its own security token. But at, at the end of the day, and here's here's my here's my. I think your idea is great. I just wanted to before you start talking about that, I'm just thinking a little bit deeper about how this concept of uh, of it being so easy to buy an asset, to buy 
to buy a portion of something that this could change fundraising forever. Yeah. And and you have a specific use of this. Well, no, no, let, let, let me go, go on because yeah. I, I wanted to say the frustrating aspect of it is we could do it tomorrow. We could create a DAP, create a token, we could start doing it tomorrow, and no American outside of it wouldn't even need to be a DAP. It'd just be a smart contract, really. Just something that says, hey, if we make the money, if we make the film, then here you get your money back. That's, that's what I mean. So, like, we could have pretty much everybody around the world donate or, you know, invest in a movie except for the majority of Americans. We wanted to get your opinions on... Uh, evangelism and donating versus investing in projects through crowdfunding. Uh, so you can hop on to Facebook slash Michael and the Bear and give us your opinion there. And eventually we'll have a Twitter account because we're both too lazy to do it. But we'll get there one day. Yeah. And let us know what you think. Um, that's about it, isn't it? Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Here we are, Michael and JJ from the park in Culver City, California. And have a great night. Michael and the bear, yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh, yeah, 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 yeah.